Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. I was talking about my father, but I was talking about like other prisoners because when I would go and visit my father, I would talk to other prisoners who would be in these courses with him that would come up to me and say, hey, you know, your father's really helped me so much with, um, you know, dealing with my circumstances here, owning up to my crime, whatever it may be. And every time I would listen to them and I would be very happy that they've gotten something out of this man. But I never wanted to let on the fact that the only reason that he's helping you is because it serves himself. He's trying to get paroled. So it's all about him. Testimony continued today in the most notorious criminal trial in Richland County history. Dr. John Boyle is accused of killing his wife, Noreen, and burying her body in the basement of his new home in Erie, Pennsylvania. The 12-year-old son finally took the stand. As I heard a scream, I heard a thud. It was about this loud. We, the jury, find the defendant guilty. When I was 12 years old, my testimony sent my father to prison for murdering my mother. This podcast serves as a type of therapy and reconciliation for myself and it is my hope that it helps anyone who has experienced deception, betrayal, and dark trauma. I'm Collier Landry, and this is Moving Past Murder. Hey, movers. Welcome back to another episode of Moving Past Murder. I'm your host, Collier Landry, and what's going on? And jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock. For those of you watching on YouTube, I have some fun sort of Christmas decorations, which is really just some lights and some colored lights and fun things. <laughs> December 23rd today, and I do not have a tree. I do not have any Christmas decorations whatsoever, other than what you see in the frame. Yeah, it's really weird because I've been thinking about this a lot. So I know that the holidays are depressing for a lot of people. I mean, they're also full, filled with fun and laughter and love and all that stuff. And for the first 11 years of my life, or maybe really 10, they were amazing. And Christmas was always my mother's favorite holiday. And like good practicing <laughs> Catholics, every Christmas Eve, we would go to mass and my mother would light candles for her mother and father and for my grandfather, my father's father, and anyone that we may have lost in our lives or just to remember people or just to say thank you and all that stuff. And I've told this story before a lot of times, and I'm just going to get right into it. I've been thinking about this a lot because, you know, the holidays are just something that's really wrapped up in a lot of emotion. And, you know, next weekend is going to be New Year's and I'm going to do a special episode about that because that was the night that my mother was murdered. So I have a lot to share. Honestly, I was hoping to go back to Ohio this year. And I, right now, I'm really glad I didn't. For those of you that are stuck in the bomb cyclone because the temperature goes from this flash freeze that goes from like 40 to negative three or something. I don't like the cold. I have lived in Southern California for over 20 years. I am not a fan of the cold at all. So I've been thinking about a lot about the holidays and my mother and just, you know, she just loved Christmas. And one of the things that I would have to do every year is there would do, we would do toys for tots. I don't even know if that's a thing anymore, but toys for tots. 
And that's where you donate toys for the kids to, that are less fortunate than you that can get toys. And if it's, if it's out there, it's a great cause to um, patronize. It's a great thing for you guys to give to that organization because they're amazing. But anyways, every year my mother would say to me, okay, Collier, you know, and she would explain to me, and this is just sort of the core around her generosity that has made me sort of the person that I am. And she would say to me, you know, Collier, you know, you have to pick out half of your toys. We're going to give them to Toys for Tots because she would explain to me, you know, you're fortunate enough to have a mommy and daddy that love you. You have a roof over your head. You have toys. Santa Claus always comes. And, oh, wow, I just thought of something. Like how I, how I found out about Santa Claus. But I'm not going to get into that right now. But Santa Claus always comes. And then, and how I should give, I, I should donate my toys to those that are less fortunate than me. Because I have a mommy that loves me, a daddy that loves me, a roof over my head. Santa Claus always comes. I'm very fortunate. And she would not let me get away. She was tough. She would not let me get away with just like giving away the toys that I didn't want. I had to give away the toys that she knew that I loved that I wanted to play with. So I'd have to give away some toys that were really special to me because she told me it was about sacrifice. And that therefore, when you sacrifice and you help others and you extend your, your hand in generosity, good things come to you as well. And you give good things to them. And it's just sort of a very symbiotic relationship with God, the universe, whatever you want to call it, the world in general, just the spirit of generosity. So that's where I learned it from. And I, you know, I don't talk about my mother a lot on this program or not as much as I should, because I'm always reading letters from my father and talking about all that other stuff. But this is the time of year that really makes me think of her and all of the things that she taught me because she would volunteer and... You know, we would do every year we at my school, we would do a Christmas bazaar. And I just remember even people over the years reaching out to me with stories. They had a sweater. This this one person in Mansfield, when I was making a murder in Mansfield, they actually gave me a sweater back because they wanted me to have the sweater because my mother, and I'll show you guys in a second for you guys on YouTube. And then for you guys on Patreon, you'll have all this little goodies that I put up for Patreon. My mother would do things like needlepoint and what is that crocheting and sewing and knitting and she would knit sweaters and she would knit sweaters for me and she would knit sweaters for her teddy bears because my mother loved teddy bears in fact i still have her teddy bear that is way older than i am that she had long before she had me i still have it i actually got that i, I don't know how <laughs> how i ended up with it i am so grateful i did but she was always this just this really generous spirit and just giving so much to not only the community that we were involved in but also like my friends that may have been less fortunate you know i had a lot of friends growing up that were in single family homes or that had parents that were you know in that were divorced and you know they didn't exactly have the best time and some of them had older brothers and sisters or and or the parent the father or the mother or both families had other kids with other you know, remarried and had other children. So they felt sort of neglected. So my mother would always kind of take that on and really share that sort of, not really a burden because that's not the right word, but they, she would take that on to make sure that they were okay. And that is something that I learned from her. And that is something that I want to carry forward in my life. And I've always strived to be as generous as possible. And by the way, for those of you that... I'm a little stuffy because 
Speaking of generosity, my neighbor gave me a vacuum because I asked to borrow her vacuum and she said, oh, well, our vacuum's broken, but you can have it. And I was like, okay. She's like, you, you can fix things. You're really good at it. You're a cinematographer. You're a filmmaker. You always have gear. So you're very, you know, you're, a guy, you're a guy. You can fix this stuff, right? And uh, I was using the vacuum today to try to, to try to obviously vacuum, right? <laughs> and I, I, I noticed that the vacuum was leaving a trail of everything that it had vacuumed up on the carpet, on the hardwood floor. And I thought, oh, that's not how a vacuum is supposed to work. So I took the whole thing apart. It's like a Dyson and I completely overhauled it, but I did not very stupidly wear a mask. So now I inhaled all this dust and now I'm wheezing and my nose is all stuffed up. So I apologize. It'll probably go in and out. But anyways, Christmas, the holidays, it has been sort of, and I, and I think a lot of, you know, a lot of my sort of sadness has been, I really miss my dog. I haven't really talked about that a lot since she passed about six weeks ago, but I've been used to having her as my constant companion every Christmas for the last, you know, 17, 18 years. So yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's been a long, yeah, it's been a long time. So yeah, I guess, you know, maybe I'm just sort of still dealing with that. And, you know, and I know the holidays is, you know, to speak about this, you know, look, if you guys are struggling with the holiday time, you know, it, it's, it's no shame to talk to someone to get help. I wish I could say I, here, here's better help, but I'm endorsing them or whatever program, but, but no, in all seriousness, you know, if you're looking for, you know, get, get help, talk to a counselor. There's a lot of people going through tough times right now and the holidays and just the weather change and the sun setting earlier, even though now we've passed the winter solstice. So now we should be getting, days should be getting longer, which I'm very excited about because I love the summertime. But yeah, if you're feeling down, seek the help of a mental health professional. I digress on that. I want to give a shout out. Speaking of supporting this program, I want to give a shout out to my new Patreon subscribers this month. Um, thank you to Axtastic B. Thank you to Nicole Fuller Godding. Thank you to Morwenna McKinley. And thank you so much to Kaz Opinions and Thoughts, who is from Australia, who tweets me on Twitter. And he just signed up like a few hours ago. So thank you guys so much for supporting the program. Look, I'm actually offering now yearly Patreon subscriptions. So if you guys want to sign up, you get 16% off on my Patreon. And all I have all this exclusive content. And we're going to get into some stuff today. All of that extra content is on the Patreon that you guys can see. And eventually the videos will be on Patreon only. So if you guys are really interested, check out the Patreon. There's lots of good stuff. You can start at $5. It gets you almost everything. I do live meet and greets every month with you guys. And you get to ask me anything you want right there in our little Zoom call. It's super fun. Everybody really seems to enjoy it. It ends up being like a big powwow of people like talking about their trauma, <laughs> but it's great. It's a very supportive community that I've been cultivating this year. And it's something that I'm really grateful for. And I'm grateful that you guys are a part of it. Even if you're not part of Patreon, I'm grateful that you guys are listening and a part of this community. Anyways, so... Speaking of needlepoint and all those wonderful things that I said my mother did. So I have, I want to share. So if you guys are listening, the YouTube link to this episode is in the show notes. So you can check it out. So this is my Christmas stocking. And I have had this Christmas stocking. I think, I think my mother made this Christmas stocking since before I was born. So this is, I've had this Christmas stocking for over 40 years. And, um, it's really cool. So she knitted it 
has a little doggy and a little uh, giraffe. My mother really loved giraffes. And uh, and there's a little a little blonde boy. <laughs> Even though I did have a blonde hair growing up. With blue eyes. And uh, he's hanging ornaments or something on the giraffe. I don't know. The giraffe is hanging out. There's some presents and dolls and doggies and things like that. Anyways. But this stocking is something that Santa left. And no, it is not coal, but it is pretty darn close. It is somebody who has perpetually gotten coal every year, probably for every year of his life. Yes, I have spent the last several hours before recording here trying to find some Christmas letters from my father. Hey, movers. Did you know that one in five Americans has learned a new language on their bucket list? If you're one of them, make 2024 the year you finally check it off with Babbel the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Designed by over 150 language experts, Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are your passport to speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Real people, real conversations, that's the Babbel way. Babbel's tips and tools are not just lessons. They're companions in real-life situations. The approachable, accessible content is delivered through conversation-based teaching, ensuring you're ready to shine in the real world. Before Babbel, I couldn't imagine effortlessly ordering food, asking for directions, or chatting with local merchants, and all without consistently checking a language app while I'm on vacation. But Babbel makes it easy, providing the practical skills you need for real-life scenarios. Struggling with pronunciation? Babbel's got your back with speech recognition technology, helping you perfect your accent and sound like a native speaker in no time. Hola. Hola. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 50% off a one-time payment for a lifetime Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash collier. Get 50% off at babbel.com slash collier, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash collier. Rules and restrictions may apply. And I didn't find any, you know, because I eventually had to record, right? But I, I did find some interesting things and and I think that, you know, a lot of you guys reach out as listeners and you'll ask me like, I can't believe this is, you know, this is your life and everything you've been through is really inspiring. Or, you know, I have the same, I have similar experiences or I've had issues and, and it, you know, breaks my heart to hear that. But there are some times where I, I definitely, I portray that I'm a very strong individual, which I am, but I definitely do have moments where I sit back and I go, is this my life? And that was one of those moments today as I'm looking through these letters. So I have a couple that are filled with some sort of things, but I think the thing that really struck me is I'm pulling out and my father wrote this program at the prison for Christmas and he put a little post-it note on it. And again, these will be on the Patreon so you guys can check it out. He put a little post-it note on it and when I read it, I was like, are you... Like, are you kidding me? Like, are you, are you, are you fucking serious? I'm going to read it. <laughs> Bumper. Hope your turkey day was good. Had this program the other day for the Christmas program here at the prison. Christmas is always bad for me. Love and miss you, dad. Christmas always bad for me. And I just, there's so many levels to narcissism, psychopathy, sociopathy, these types of things. And look, I am not a mental health expert. I'm just a guy that's been through a lot of shit. 
and dealing with a psychopath for a father who murdered my mother. But there are so many layers and levels as I, you know, because this, this program, look, this, I think this is episode 69 of moving past murder. And, you know, it was really this year that I really jumped full on into the program. And I've, it's, this has all been a process for me. Not only is it a process for like me just living and existing and processing every day, knowing what I've been through and, you know, making the most of it and making the best of it and trying to show you guys uh, and, and the world that like, hey, you can come through really horrific circumstances out the other side and you will be bumped, bruised, scraped, you, know, you have some broken bones, but you'll make it. You'll make it. You're going to survive. Like, and I always wanted to tell that kid, it's the, really the reason why I made a murder in Mansfield. I wanted to speak to like that one kid and I, I, I don't need to get into all that. But there are times like when I look at this and I'm going, is this my life? And just the, the, the levels as I'm, you know, opening these letters, going through stuff, getting correspondence from people, even getting correspondence from distant relatives that have stories or just finding stuff. Like I found a bunch of letters that were addressed to my adopted parents from my father to George and Susan. And I'm going to be reading those on the program very soon. And because I, I saw them, I looked at the date. It was like right after I graduated high school. And I was like, oh boy, I can't even imagine. And what was really interesting to me is the fact that the handwriting is way different than the letters he wrote to me. Like it was very prim and proper. It was also done in pencil, which was really strange to me. Not all of them, but a few of them. And I thought, it's kind of odd. I mean, but there's layers to this. And just, the, I feel like narcissist or, or abusive personality people that when they're dealing with you, they drop these little bombs on you that you don't even know exist. They're like little mind fox. Something is, is just as simple and subtle as, Christmas always bad for me. All about him. But of course, I read that as an empathetic person and go, I'm really sorry that Christmas is sad for him. It must be really sad to be in prison. And then I have to realize that he's in prison for murdering my mother and destroying my family. And yet I'm still compelled to feel bad for him. And I have been my whole life. And I think about that. And I think like, oh, wow, this is just... Just these little notes and just like the sheer nerve and the chutzpah of all of it. Which, by the way, to use a Yiddish term, my mother also loved about Christmas Hanukkah. Now, we did, I grew up Catholic. We were not like, I use Catholic with air quotes because, you know, like I said, we would go to Mass on Easter. We would go to Mass on Christmas Eve and then probably another time during the year. But it was, and I went through all the things as a good Catholic boy does. You go to the, First Holy Communion and your confirmation when you're older. Well, my mother was already dead at that time, but whatever the, the steps are in the Catholic Church, I did them, you know, the the whole thing. And, uh, but my mother really loved Jewish culture and her one, her best friend was was Jewish, Shelley Bowden. And my mother loved making, well, I love, my mother loved baking in general and everything that like, I guess what you'd say, you know, for lack of a better term, a housewife would do is my mother loved to bake and cook and all that stuff, and especially during the holidays. But she would make prune paste hamantaschen. And for those of you that do not know what hamantaschen is, hamantaschen is a cream cheese pastry that is the 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 real hamantaschen is filled with prune paste. 
and they are delicious. And I, I believe they're a cream cheese. I think every Jewish baked good, and you guys can correct me, I'm sure. I'm sure I'll hear a message from somebody. I believe it's all cream cheese dough. But anyways, it has prune paste in it. And they were in the hamantash are like the hats that the that the nuns wore. Or I, I look, I don't know a lot about Judaism, but the the people that were in the synagogue wore them. Or I, I don't know. It, it was a hat that the women wear called hamantashen. And so that, that was these cookies. So I would, we would have that. She would make rugula. And anyways, just a total side note, just sort of deviating off of what I was talking about. But again, about the holidays. So every year, and I can still smell those cookies. I don't know why. It's just like it burned into my, etched into my memory for all time. But what I wouldn't do to have one right now. Oh, and then, oh yeah. Okay, here we go. So, so this is from December, 2012. And there was a card, which I'll show in a second, but it says, good talking with you today. We'll, we'll send along, quote, graduation photo when I get it. Chrissy is good. Now, Chrissy is my half-sister that was born 12 days before he was arrested. Chrissy is good. She applied for CNP, which is Certified Nurse Practitioner Program at Oberlin University. Well, it was Oberlin College, but I think that's what he meant. Or Otterbein. I don't remember where she went. She's working at Med Central 3 to 12 p.m. shifts. My job is quiet. Thought this was funny. Stay safe and healthy. Proud of you. Love and miss you always. Dad. XXX. Oh, oh, oh. And what this is, is this is a, like a, you know, like a cartoon, like a political cartoon or whatever you call it. Not not the comics that have like the different cells, but the, the just the one static comic like Doonesbury or whatever. It says, this time of year, with the office parties and the family visits and having to shop for everyone you know, I'm truly thankful that I'm inside. And it's a picture of, it's a, a drawing of two convicts in a prison cell. He thought this was funny. I mean, again, this is what just sort of escapes me. When my father corresponds with me and says these things is, yes, I guess I could find that somewhat humorous. If perhaps he had done like a, a dumb fuck thing, like stole a car or, you know, committed some sort of act, illegal act that didn't have any violent ramifications or repercussions on anyone outside of himself, right? It, it, you know, something that he did that just was stupid and, and committed a crime and went to jail for it and didn't hurt anyone. I, I might find a little humor in that, but I... I don't find any humor in this because I just, I have to think to myself, like, why, why would you think that that's appropriate to send to your son who's, whose mother you murdered? But again, it just doesn't occur to them. So when you're talking about people who are narcissists or psychopaths or sociopaths, and it's this fundamental lack of empathy and it's all about them. And it's just the solid to use the word solipsistic, but that's not even, that doesn't even do it justice. Just the sheer, as I said, to, to, to earlier to you know to that you would think this is funny like this is not funny like it's not funny to someone who's you know, your kid whose mother you murdered whose life you just completely sabotage it's interesting i you know i 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Man, I don't know. Oh, okay. So then anyways, so, and he mentions this graduation, right? So in here, I have a couple of things that he sent me for my perusal. One is a certificate of completion for the Grief Recovery Institute. The Grief Recovery Methods Program Certificate of Completion. John F. Boyle Jr. has successfully completed the 15-week, 40-hour program of grief recovery methods that provides the correct action choices that help people move beyond the pain caused by loss, creating a safe environment in which to look at old beliefs concerning loss. To look at what losses have affected one's night, to look at what losses have affected one's life, and to take new actions with which lead to completion of the pain attached to one of those losses. Now, I ended up full disclosure. I ended up meeting with a woman who um, who ran the grief recovery program in Marion, and she was a lovely woman. And I actually went to. They had an event out here in. Hermosa Beach, which is not far, which is, it's just, it's in, it's in LA. And they had an event. I actually went there and spoke about my sort of, my father's involvement in the program, but like what that means to me and how prisoners can, can cope with grief. And I was talking about my father, but I was talking about like other prisoners, because when I would go and visit my father, I would talk to other prisoners who would be in these courses with him that would come up to me and say, Hey, you know, your father's really helped me so much with um, you know, dealing with my circumstances here, owning up to my crime, whatever it may be. And every time I would listen to them and I would be very happy that they've gotten something out of this man, but I never wanted to let on the fact that the only reason that he's helping you is because it serves himself. He's trying to get paroled. So it's all about him. And it's really, really difficult to... To say that to someone who, like, I don't want to say that to a prisoner who's now on the right path and who's looking forward to getting out and being rehabilitated and gaining control of their life and leading a positive life and being a positive member of their community. Like, the last thing I want to say to them is, you know, by the way, he's pulling a con job on you. So don't listen to a damn thing this man says because he's full of shit, because he's doing it for his own solipsistic reasons, because he wants to get out of prison. He wants to have all these little diplomas that he can put into a parole file which is exactly what he did and it's 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 you know i never wanted to say that because i don't want to be that guy and and you know i'm happy for them that they've gotten something out of this man but his motives were not genuine it wasn't like he genuinely wanted to help it's like he wanted to do it because it makes him look good and there's another certificate here that says assets toledo this certificate is to witness that john f boyle jr has successfully fulfilled the prescribed requirements of Assets Toledo's nine-week business design and management course with regular attendance, completion of the workbook, and class participation, and therefore earned the designation of Graduate of Assets Toledo, which is given with all rights, honors, and privileges and responsibilities here to, thereto on this 19th day of December 2012. And uh, 
signed by these people. And I, and, you know, I think I've mentioned this before on the podcast. So if those of you watching this on YouTube and those of you on Patreon, you'll see all this stuff. I think I've mentioned this before that the prison that my father is in now is Marion Correctional Institution. And they, you know, kudos to them because they have 70 different programs for inmates where most of the other prisons in this country have maybe a dozen, if that, and most of them are centered around religion, organized religion of some sort. And these are like, they have vocational programs and things like that, that are actually giving inmates skills to be better citizens when they leave prison and hopefully reduce recidivism rates, which I think is a very admirable thing. And I think it is something that could be accomplished. But my father got involved in all these programs. And I guess, you know, if I was in prison, I probably would have wanted to be as busy as I could too, to be quite honest with you. But he sends all this because he's building this whole file because he's, you know, it's it's all about his next parole. And, and then I was received, and he's obviously, again, trying to make me feel sorry for him, but this is his re-entry accountability plan. And it is, it's... It's like a score here, risk score. and But he has highlighted dynamic assessment. And under dynamic assessment, it says, education, asset to community, marital family interaction, asset to community, associates, social interaction, asset to community, substance abuse, asset to community, community functioning, asset to community, personal, emotional, orient, personal and emotional orientation, asset to a community attitude asset to a community employment asset to community and psi available i have no idea what psi stands for but on this is all a list of all of these programs that he has taken over the years and there is one at the bottom of this page two second full page one in almost one and a half pages of these programs that he had taken starting in at this particular prison when he got there which was December 28th, 1999. Toastmasters was one of those things. I remember him sending me. I, and I have, as I've said many times, I have 400 some of these letters and I have the Toastmasters degree. I even have pictures, graduation pictures of my father graduating in these programs that he would send to me, which obviously makes for fantastic fodder for a podcast for sure. And for TikTok videos, I guess. But yeah. Oh boy. Yeah, he went to the social interactions class, 2007. Resolving conflict, graduated with honors. Another multiple Toastmasters things. Money smart, doctorate degree in ministry. Oh yes, so my father also got involved in doing this whole Masters of Divinity while he was in. He got somebody to pay for it while he was in prison to take this Masters of Divinity course because he was going to do this if he got released from prison, he was going to become a priest or pastor or, I don't know, a Jesuit scholar, who who the hell knows. So, yeah, that's that's what he was, he's going to do when he gets out of prison again. Yeah, and then there's a Christmas play, a Merry Milkshake Christmas at the Hop. There we go, I got to put it in front of me, there we go. Merry Milkshake Christmas at the Hop. Hugh J. Daly Theater of ministry. Hugh J. Daly, Ministry of Theater, cordially invites you to attend the special public presentation of our Christmas play. Performance dates and times, bunch of, okay. 
1 p.m. and 7 p.m. And about MCI's Ministry of Theater. In 1986, Reverend Hugh J. Daly sparked an interest in beginning the very first ever Ministry of Theater within a prison. Through careful planning and perseverance, this company became dedicated to reaching the public through the talents of men who resided within. Carrying on with his dream, the men volunteer their, their time and talents as writers, actors, and singers in order to deliver powerful messages about God and the miracle of his love. Performance after performance, they make people laugh and cry as they perform and sing. Year after year, the message of God's love in Christ always shines through. Blah, blah, blah. And my father is listed on the back as, yeah, as like one of the, as the, as the, the, the head honcho. Oh, this is what this, this particular production is. This is the 46th production. A Merry Milkshake at the Hop. Merry Milkshake Christmas at the Hop. A theatrical presentation with music. The McKinley Bulldogs have the state championship game on their list for Christmas, but Jesus has better plans for the high school. The high school teacher, Ed Hawkins, gives a dreamy depiction of Christmas on that wintry night so long ago when the Savior came to us, wrapped in swaddling clothes, t- lying in a major. Coach Flatowski, Fl- no, Flata, Flatowski, Flata, it's, yeah, Flata, yeah, I can't even pronounce it. Coach, Coach Flatowski <laughs> is in for her surprise this season, and the fanciest paper in the world could never wrap the gift he receives. In the hustle and bustle of things, we sometimes get sidetracked from the real meaning of Christmas. But God is faithful. He allows things to happen which bring us back to matters of greater importance. Yes, even to that lowly manger on a cold, dreary night. So come on out to Mickey's Malted Milkshake Shop this season, and you might get more out, more out of Christmas than making a young Elvis Presley's acquaintance, or even a milkshake. This could be the Christmas of a lifetime. You don't want to miss this. It sounds like a very fine performance. Uh, a photo ID is required. State a driver's license, state ID, dress code. No shorts, skirts must be below the knee. No shorts. This is in Ohio in December. It's cold. You're not wearing shorts. Well, maybe you are. I don't know. Please leave purses, wallets, cell phones, cameras, recording devices, and other valuables locked in your car. Please arrive 45 minutes at the institution before the performance begin. Before for for pro for processing minimum age permitted to the to attend is eight years old please specify any ada needs the play will last about one and a half hours there's no charge blah blah blah. donations nor can donations be accepted yada yada christmas performances i mean look it is it's a slippery I, i i don't even know what to say i mean look you gotta do something with your time in prison i guess i'm glad there are programs for that and it's not inciting violence and all of these things, I guess. But again, as my father says, as I read in the beginning, Christmas always bad for me. Me Meeting him, not me, by the way. Uh, And here's the thing. I feel bad for him. You know, that, that, that's the thing that sucks. And here we have a Christmas card. So this is from another year, actually, this is from 1994, but I wanted to show you guys what the Christmas cards look like in prison. This has got Bugs Bunny on the front. And just so you guys know, these are all made out of manila envelopes. So that's how they make cards in prison. They take a mail envelope and they cut it. And that way you have the fold in the back of the envelope and things like that. So there you go. And interestingly enough, my father always autographs the back of the cards too. And I know he doesn't draw these. He always claimed that he did. He doesn't, my father didn't have this kind of artistic talent. I mean, maybe he honed it in prison. I don't think so. But 
he, yeah, and then this one, not only it's very colorful, it's very nice, but it also has a picture. And it literally looks, my father is at a fucking country club. And there it is right there. For those of you watching on YouTube, and this is all on Patreon, by the way, guys. So he's he's wearing a green sweater and then he has a navy blue sweater over his shoulders. And then he has a, a, a polo shirt with the collar flipped up very stylish. And I'm just like, how, like, how does this happen? You know, and, and, you know, anyways, and so the card says, Collier, prayerfully, you are well. Prayerfully, (laughs) Collier, Collier, prayerfully, we will all have a brighter future. Remain caring, loving, and considerate in your life. Remember the love of your family. God bless you always. You are in my thoughts and prayers. Love always. Love, love and caring for you always, Daddy. XXX0001294. These are the emotions that I go through. When I think about all this stuff, it's just like a constant, a very consistent processing of it. It's a very consistent processing of all of it. And I, and look, I've, you know, doing this program really helps and I get to talk about it and I get to do things and I get to reach out to you guys and you guys are really engaged with this content. And I love that. And I love talking about that. And it's interesting because, you know, when I, you know, I have other friends, obviously (laughs) you build a community around yourself of like-minded people and I, and, and people who have been through similar circumstances. I have friends whose fathers are incarcerated. None of them that I have are, well, I guess actually one. Yes, I I do have a friend. To, she's going to be actually on the program soon. Her name is Nicole. She has a father who's incarcerated for murdering her mother. It's a whole different story. He's in California. It's a whole other thing. They've actually recently started communicating since she sort of came into my orbit after finding the podcast and reaching out to me and yada, yada, which is very interesting. And, but I have other friends who, who's, whose fathers are serial killers. And they didn't even know that this was going on. I'm also going to be bringing them on the program too, of course. But they didn't even know that these things were, were, were happening and they grew up as children. And then they find out that their father's a serial killer and they've destroyed all these lives. So it's very, it's, it's, it's really interesting to, to get to know other people's perspectives in this world. And just in general, I mean, that's what life is about, right? But when you're really trying to cope with like what your circumstances are and you find people that are even in, they're not in the same circumstance, but it's like also an equally really bad experience. It's <laughs> a really bad circumstance. I, and I imagine this goes through anyone that's been through trauma, whether it's medical trauma, whether it's physical, domestic violence, you know, murder, things like that. Whatever it is, I'm sure we all have, we all have a trauma bond is I guess what I'm trying to say. As I said, at the beginning of the program, grammatical decay is set in. It's the holidays. My nose is all stuffed up. I don't feel good, but at least I'm warmer in California than I am, than I would be if I was in Ohio right now, if I could even fly into Ohio, mind you. Yeah. Anyways, I'm going to do a special episode over the weekend and I might even do it live as well. I will do it live as well. I'm going to find, I, my mother, my mother had a night, a a night before Christmas pop-up book that she used to read me every year on Christmas Eve. 
It was our tradition. And I'm going to find that and I'm going to read it because I think it's really cool and I think it would be cool to do for the program. And by the way, for those of you, when I was talking about the letters from Santa, maybe what I'll do is I will talk about how I found out about the Christmas letters on my Christmas Eve special when I read this very amazing pop-up book that my mother had that was for the night before Christmas. And I read it and it's going to be a really cool, maybe it's a holiday tradition from now on on the podcast. I'll do it every year. It'll be really fun. It'll be a way I can remember her and she can kind of be with us all and it'll be really cool. So anyways, although it's been said many times, many ways, Merry Christmas to you. I'm Collier Landry and this is Moving Past Murder. Merry Christmas, y'all. This podcast is made possible by support from listeners just like you. Please subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible. Find us on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Collier Landry. The film A Murder in Mansfield is available on Investigation Discovery, Discovery Plus, and Amazon Prime Video. This podcast is a production of Don't Touch My Radio, 